Once upon a time, in a faraway land, there was a story that changed everything. Hello and welcome to Story Tales, the podcast all about storytelling in its many forms. I am Marcus Hooper and with me again today is Danny Chambers. Danny, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? I am also doing great. Thank you so much for asking. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Now, Danny, a lot of people may not know this. We talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but you are a voice actor. Yes, yes. What kind of projects are you working on right now? Well, currently I'm a voice actor for Funimation, which specializes in dubbing anime, uh, Japanese anime, and I'm currently in uh, two shows, or three technically, um, Lord of Vermilion, I I play Dux, uh, Island, I play Saragarando, and in um, Harakura, Haruka Receives, excuse me, (laughs) and I play uh, Ayasa uh, Tachibana. Um, so I'm in those shows and I'm also in a special indie game that's coming up soon called the Pretender Skilled. So be on the lookout for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. That is really cool. And your first convention is coming up uh, next month, right? Yes, November 3rd and 4th. That's really cool. What What is the convention called? It's called Waxicon. It will be in Waxahachie um, all day Saturday and Sunday. That's really cool. Are you excited? Yes, I'm super excited. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever imagine, I mean, you might have hoped at one point in your life, but did you ever imagine that you would actually be on this side of a convention? No, in all honesty, I never thought about it. I'm like, that would be really cool, but I have quite a while to go before that happens. Yeah, you were like, but that's not me. That's like a one in a million chance. Yeah. (laughs) And now here you are. Pretty much. (laughs) Yep. It's like, wow, okay, yeah, I guess this is fun. (laughs) So you do some work at Funimation. Have you run into any uh, Funimation actors that are in, like, really high-profile shows? Um, Yes, actually. Um, Sometimes when I go in, I'll see, uh, like, Monica Rial or... um, Colleen Clinkenbeard, since she directs a lot of some shows there. She directs My Hero Academia. um, And I I don't really get to talk to them much. I just like, oh, that's cool. Hi, how's it going? Um, But no, there's a lot of... Everybody's really cool there. And they are um, really fun to to chat with in passing. And it's so cool, you you know, after hearing them in anime for so long... Uh, throughout the years, and when you see them, you know, just talking and you know, in their normal voice, you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's so and so. Oh, that's so cool." <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. Now, my my two favorite Funimation shows are Attack on Titan and Dragon Ball Z. Mm. Have you seen Have you seen any actors from those two shows? Uh, yes. Um, not quite often. I think I think I met a couple of them. Um, but I'll see them like every now and then, uh, at the, at the studio and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And, uh, I, I don't really get starstruck. It's more of just like, oh, hey, they're here. Oh yeah, duh. They work here. Duh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Duh. This is where they do what they do. <laughs> yeah. Cause I imagine they're around because I know, you know, they're making Dragon Ball Super right now and also they're making 
season three, I think, of Attack on Titan. Am I right? Yes, I think that is um, currently being uh, uh, dubbed and, and subbed on uh, Funimation's website. So you could check out the dub and sub on their website. Awesome. So, voice acting, how did you first get into that and what did that look like? Um, well, in all honesty, when I was younger, I've always wanted to, like, be in cartoons. I just never knew what exactly it was. Um, but I've since I've been doing theater and, and things like that my whole life, I didn't start voice acting specifically until 2014. Um, I had a friend who gave me this casting call, like, hey, do you want to audition for this? I'm like, what is it? She's like, it's like a Sunday school curriculum. And there's these kids that, you know, tell Bible stories to each other. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. So I auditioned for it. And then next thing I know, I got it. So I'm like, oh, okay. So this is fun. So I would go in and record these, these, these stories that these kids tell. And I really enjoyed it. I liked making up a a kid voice to tell stories and, and just have fun with it. And I was like, I need to pursue this more. And so I did research, you know, saved up money to take classes. And it was it was a long while before I booked anything. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. It takes a while to get off the ground. And you just got to work hard and keep at it and, you know, take classes and and find things to to, to strengthen your craft. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's true, because I think what a lot of people don't realize is that in the professional world of acting, there are open casting calls, but not everything is an open casting call. In fact, it I would venture to say most high-profile things are not open at all. It's very closed. You have to already be in, in the system to be even considered, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people, especially younger people, think... They, they can just go out there and do their best and they'll get in a lot of really high profile stuff or they'll get into something that everyone's going to know. And, you know, they might, you know, because there are open casting calls that sometimes turn into something huge, but that's like a lottery ticket. You know, that's like a, yeah. this could be a big deal, but it's probably not going to be a big deal, you know? And yeah. I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. And like, you look at, you look at stuff like, uh, like, Take Friends, for example. Those actors had all been doing things for several years before they landed Friends. Friends wasn't their first gig, and they already had agents. They were already kind of already known in the acting community. They had already proven themselves as as good actors, so they were already, mm-hmm. like, in the world of acting. So, you know, it wasn't... Because I'm, I'm very positive. I might be wrong on this, but I'm very positive that Friends was not an open casting call. It was like, you know, mm. the agents, they reached out to the agencies and the agents were like, oh, we have these people that might be good. And so I think that's that's the biggest mistake I think that young actors make is they just move out to like New York or Los Angeles, which if people do that and they are successful, then more power to you. But if anyone ever was like, I'm going to move out to Los Angeles and be an actor, I'd be like, uh, don't do that. Unless you <laughs> unless you already have a job lined up out there, I would not do that because like what's the plan? Have a plan. Yeah, because it's like what you don't realize is, first of all, in those big cities, there's tons of other people who are doing the exact same thing you're doing, and as much as like this sounds really negative, there's a ton of people who look a lot like you 
most likely. So you'd have to be very sure that like you have something to offer as far as talent and you'd have to be very patient and very persistent to actually get something. And I don't think a lot of young actors realize how much effort is, is going to go into it. You know, they're like, I'm talented, so I'll just go out and I'll audition. They'll love me and I'll be a huge hit. I'm like, if there, if it were that easy, everyone would be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's the thing. I, I don't think people realize that. Like, um, when I've, I actually, oh, I shouldn't even mention this. My first big, big role for anime was Chise in The Ancient Magus Bride. And that that one was kind of like a, a big anime um, in 2017. And people are like, oh, she got discovered. This is her lucky break. This is her, you know, she just, you know, uh, is it the right time in the right place? And, and honestly, that's sort of true, but, you know, this is behind after three years of not booking pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. And all that time, you know, I took classes. I, I mean, I still am, but I, I took classes. I I got mentored. I um, did stuff to kind of strengthen it and, and perfect it as much as I could so that way I can be better. I always want to be better and I don't want to stop. And people don't realize that there's a lot of hard work that goes into it and you got to you got to spend some money in order to, you know, get where you want to go. And and with voice acting especially, it's not just making a silly voice or yeah. or just doing something that sounds dramatic. You got to emote. If you don't know how to really emote, then What's, then what's the point in the acting part? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, and you're exactly right. A lot of people also think that if you can make silly voices, you can be a great voice actor. And it's like, okay, a, a lot of people can make silly voices. That doesn't mean they can act, you know? Like, yeah. you, when this Han Solo movie recently came out, there was a guy who looks a, a lot like a young Harrison Ford, and his voice is like perfect Harrison Ford. And a lot of people were like, why didn't they hire that guy? And even I was on that train for a second. And I was like, because he's, he's doing these scenes from Star Wars and he sounds great. But then I was like, oh, but can he act? Because he's mimicking Harrison Ford's performance. And Harrison Ford's performance was good. So he's mimicking that. But if he has something that Harrison Ford's never done, can he generate his own performance? And maybe not, because apparently he did audition and they didn't cast him, so... Just mimicking someone else's voice or someone someone else's performance or even just coming up with some kind of goofy voice is not that hard. I mean, you know, yeah. not everyone can do that, but it's not that hard. What about a regular voice? What about a regular voice that's not your own? Can you do that? Because that's more hard. You know, that's more difficult. You know, like it's it's not a goofy voice. It's a regular voice, but it's not your voice. And then on top of that, can you act can you portray emotion with just your voice? And a lot of people are just like, well, I can do a voice like this so I could be a voice actor. And it's like, <laughs> there's way more to it than that. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I learned from um, another great actress, uh, Terry Doty. She is amazing, and she always asks, she's like, okay, if you could do the silly voice, can you cry in that voice? Can you laugh in that voice? Can you be angry in that voice? And so it kind of gives you more of more uh, more of an incentive of like, okay, great, you can make a silly voice, but can you emote with that silly voice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I don't think pe- and people don't realize that. 
So, like, anytime it's like, I want to be a voice actor, and, I, and I'll be like, okay. And if they try to do a voice in front of me, I'm like, okay, now be upset in that voice. They'll be like, what? I'm like, yeah, be upset in that voice. Like, you know, you just got scolded by someone who thought uh, you stole something from them. And they'll look at me confused, like, uh, I'm like, well, then you need to take some classes, honey. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, look at, now, like, look at Robin Williams. He wasn't a voice actor, quote unquote. But he was really good at voice acting. But, I mean, I he was just so good at acting. Like, I think he could probably do anything and he'd be really great. Um, but yeah. look at him as the genie. He's being goofy in that role. Not the character goofy, but he's being silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's being silly. And and he's doing his own voice, but it's like a silly version of his voice. And then some, a lot of times he'll mimic other people's voices. But when that character gets serious, when when that character is sad or upset you could feel it like his performance was there you know he was silly yeah. and that was great and he did great at that but you know when genie got upset or when genie got sad he went there you know he went there too and you could feel it but a lot of people think if you can just be goofy if you can just be you know with your voice then that's all you need and on top of that it's really hard sometimes to emote when you're in like that soundproof booth and it's there's just no sound and it's just you and you're like mm-hmm. huh? especially if you're used to like theater or something like that because you're used to like bouncing off of other human human beings and you know using your movements and then you're in a booth and it's just like okay can you cry for us and you're like <laughs> uh sure uh when you know it's like it's yeah. sometimes you, it's hard you all you have is yourself you have to pull those i mean am i right like you have to you just oh, have yeah. to take all that emotion from inside you and pull it out because it's a lot easier to bounce emotions off of other people off of other humans because they're giving you something back and then in theater there's also the audience so that adds an extra level of you know back and forth with emotion but in a booth it's just you you have to just pull it out of yourself you know you just have to be like okay well it's in here <laughs> Yeah, like especially with dubbing, um, you it's pretty much cold reading. Cold reading is is pretty much all you're doing for anime dubbing because you're having to match the flaps all the while trying to emote and seeing this and reading the script for the first time. So trying to act off of a script you've never seen before and matching it within a certain time frame of the flaps. So it gets really, really difficult to do that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I bet. Like, I I want to do anime, but I'm I'm really nervous. I wouldn't be able to multitask because I'm not I'm not that great at multitasking. But I don't know. Like, maybe I'd be able to do it. But I I would. I wonder if like there's a way I can practice. Like maybe I can just I can just write down the subs and then just mute the audio and try to like do my own uh, <laughs> do my own dub. I mean, that's that's basically kind of what Team Four Star did. I mean, nowadays they change the flaps to match the dialogue, um, but mm-hmm. I know, like, I think originally they actually tried to match up with the dubs, the flaps as much as possible. But like, I, part of me is like, I kind of want to practice because that's something I'm I'm really interested in. But I'm like, I don't know if I could do that, you know? Because it's it's just seems mm-hmm. so like, man, how do you like do this line and focus on your acting, but then also like Japanese like their way of saying things is completely different and their their rhythm sometimes is completely different than English. 
like they can be saying something really sad and like I would naturally want to like go slow in English but you know maybe they're talking really fast in Japanese because they have more sounds to get through in their language so they have to go quicker so like you know in a dub sometimes they'll be like it'll be a really sad moment and sad music's playing and they're like I just really wanted to tell you how much I love you and how much I really care for you and I just wanted you to know that and you're like <laughs> you know you're like what, what are you <laughs> that was so fast but it's like you know sometimes those rhythms don't translate but you gotta match the flaps because you know they're like <laughs> Funimation's like listen we'll tweak it a little but we're not gonna reanimate this show <laughs> Oh no! Like the thing is, like Funim, like Funimation doesn't get the they don't have the ability to like, like uh, reanimate anything or, or tweak any of the animation at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they just get the assets and then they have to make it work. And so once they get the script from um, Japan, they have translators who translate it in the best way possible uh, for English. And then the writers take the translation and write the the. Uh, write the script for the voice actors so they watch the um the the video and then they'll write what they can to match the flaps you know for for the show and it, it's really difficult like a lot of the writers and and um translators you know they do their best to make sure they get the best translation and make sure nothing loses its meaning and um and it's crazy because like you'll see fans like go crazy if they like missed out a word or a line, and 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 there's just a lot that that goes into it that a lot of people don't understand, and especially with the simul dubs, uh, which is whenever it's broadcasted like this uh, broadcasted in Japan, it gets uh, dubbed like a week or two later, which is really good considering we used to wait like months for anime, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. So now but, it's now we're getting anime a lot faster. Yeah. I think it, and, and you know a lot of people are like, why is the dub different than the sub? Like, w- w- as far as like the words are different, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe it's because the subs are a little bit more just kind of a direct translation of what they're saying, maybe restructured to make grammatical sense in English. But the scripts for mm-hmm. the dubs are rewritten, like the the idea of the line is the same, but it's rewritten to be a little bit more like how English speakers would talk. Is that right? Um, I believe so, yeah. So that's why, like, you know, they're they're not drastically different, but, like, if you read the subs, the dubs, like what they're saying isn't always the same. And some mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, just keep it the exact same. And I'm like, but what about the people who are just flipping through a channel and see the anime on and they're like, oh, that's cool. And they don't know anything about the sub and the characters are not speaking in a way that's familiar to them. You know, and it's like they're like, what is this? Yeah. You know, plus it's just jarring. Like it's jarring when you hear an English, a, a voice that's speaking in English speak in a way that isn't right. You know, like when you read it in a sub and you know that it's just translating what they're saying it's okay if some things don't add up in english because you're like well this is a translation of a foreign language well yeah and like the the uh like the uh the example i usually give is is say um the sub says i went to the store today and so when it gets translated and sent to uh the west we get 
it's translated as um, the store today I went to. So obviously we wouldn't say that in English. So the writers would have to translate it, or excuse me, have to write it in a way where it's like, oh, I went to the store today. And so it may be a little different from what it originally was, um, but it still made sense into where it's not jarring and sounds very weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't think a lot of people realize how much effort goes into this. And, and you know, we were talking about what what English dubbers have to do, like what, you know, English actors have to do to dub Japanese shows. And a lot of people will be like, I just prefer the subs because the Japanese actors are like, so much better. They're they're emoting so much better. And I'm like, well, because they had no restrictions. Like, they, I, <laughs> I don't even know if the show was animated at that point. Probably not. And so they were just like, yeah, just read the line. Just act. And so they could just be like, you know, what are you doing here? Like, I can't believe you. And English actors, you know, like we said, they have to read the line for the first time, then act and act in time to the lip flaps. So they're thinking about a lot of stuff. So yeah, I'm sorry if the English acting is not as deep and layered as the Japanese acting, but <laughs> they have a lot on their mind. <laughs> yeah, and like, and there's a lot of work that goes into on both sides, especially in Japan, you know. And and I, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I, I wish more people would just be considerate of that, of what goes into it. And because there's a lot of people that are working hard, a lot of writers, a lot of directors, especially directors, because they gotta, you know, they gotta cast like pick uh, people and then schedule what actors they need to get this out on time and then they got to review all their their episodes and it's a lot it's a lot of work like everybody there works hard and they're doing their best to make sure you know the fans are entertained and you know the actors are um you know doing what they love and and they're doing all they can like I said to make sure their fans and people are happy yeah Anyway, I, I'm just really fascinated in, in this industry. You know, like, I'm not a professional voice actor, but I'm really interested in, in doing voice acting and stuff like that because I just think, I don't know, it's just so cool, and it's it's such a neat thing to be part of an animated project because I, I love cartoons, and I love anime, and I love, you know, all that stuff. And um, so I one day want to get involved, but... Anyway, I'm sure at some point in your life, there was a voice acting performance that you heard. And even if you didn't think this consciously, you heard it and you were like, wow, that is amazing. You know, and it really impacted you. So can you think of what, um, and it doesn't have to be just one, but can you think of any specific voice acting performances that really impacted you? Um, ooh. You you mentioned this beforehand, but I'm like, mm, who <laughs> is it? Um, I probably say one of my favorite voice actresses is Cree Summer, um, because when I watched what was it? I think it was. Uh, no, no, it was a uh, Code and Kids Next Door. I grew up with that show. I still love that show to this day. It's so great, and. I found out that she she plays number five, but she also plays um, uh, her sister. Uh, oh, what is her sister's name? I forgot. 
I forgot. Anyway, she plays, uh, you know, the sisters, uh, number five sister. And I was like, wait, she plays more than one character? And so you find out, like, how versatile and how their voices kind of can do different different things. And I was like, you can do that? You know, my, my 12-year-old self was, like, amazed by that. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. And And it just... I just loved hearing her and watching her and a lot of stuff and, you know, watching a different world and, and, you know, Rugrats and, and a lot of other shows she's been in. And, and it amazes me how talented she is and how unique her voice is. Um, and so when I, and then when I finally saw her in Atlantis, I'm like, I want to be just like her because I love her voice. She's fantastic. And seeing her and, and enjoying her performance just made me so happy and I'm like I want to be a great actor like that one day mm-hmm. <sighs> wow that's cool M- my answer is really is is a little cliche and probably very basic but Mark Hamill as the Joker um, mm-hmm. was the first one that impacted me because when that game came out in 2009 I didn't have a PS3 or any kind of console that could play the game so that meant that I was relegated to uh, watching walkthroughs of the game on YouTube. That's all I could do. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'll just watch it. And I hadn't seen the animated series because I didn't have cable or satellite as a kid. So all I had was PBS Kids, which I'm not knocking PBS Kids. They had a lot of great stuff that I loved. But um, I didn't I didn't grow up watching like SpongeBob or most of the things that other kids watched. Um, so I didn't see the Batman animated series. I knew about it, kind of, but I, I hadn't really seen it. So my first exposure to Mark Hamill as the Joker was in the Arkham series. And hmm. so I watched that game, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> and I I just loved that performance of the Joker, and I didn't think anything of it, like – for some reason, and even back then I knew I wanted to be an actor, but for some reason it never crossed my mind to think like, oh, who are these actors doing these voices? It was like still a time in my life where I was, I don't know, like I, I watched that game and I was just like, well, yep, that's the Joker and that's Batman. You know, I didn't think who, yeah. <laughs> who's behind it, and which is another testament to both Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill's performance that it's really easy to just be like, well, that's Batman and that's Joker. You know, you don't think like, oh, that's the actor. And so it was years later that someone was like, hey, fun fact, because I think I was talking about Arkham with them. And they were like, hey, fun fact, did you know that the, the same actor who played Luke Skywalker does the voice of the Joker in the, the Arkham series? And I was like, shut up. You're, you're full of it. You're <laughs> stupid. And then like they were like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, what? So I looked it up on my smartphone, and sure enough, it was, it was Mark Hamill. And I was like... That's insane. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like they, yeah. They sound nothing alike. And it's funny because Mark Hamill's real voice now doesn't sound too far off from the Joker. But I think that's just due to age and probably doing yeah. doing that voice a lot. Um, his his speaking voice just got gruffer. Um, but like yeah. you, you watch the the original Star Wars movies and he's like, um, the Force is strong in my family. I have it. My sister has it. My father had it. I know that was all out of order, but and and then you like <laughs> you look at Arkham and he's like Joker here, and you're like that is what? <laughs> that's 
That's insane. Yeah, you get so surprised, like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, and that was the first time that, I think that is when I found out that there was a voice acting community. I didn't know that. Uh, and, and it makes sense. Like, once you once you figure it out and you think about it, you're like, well, it makes sense that a lot of these video game voices and, and cartoon voices are a lot of the same people. But, you know, mm-hmm. before you think about it, you don't think about it, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> and, and you just think, you know, you know somebody's doing the voice, but you're not like, oh, there's a community of people that pretty much just do voices. And mm-hmm. because of learning Mark Hamill was the Joker, I looked into it and then found out there was a whole community. So not only did that performance impact me, but that was really what led me down the rabbit hole of learning that there was a voice acting community and, mm-hmm. you know, which led me into a bunch of stuff. And, you know, we talked about how Mark Hamill, you know, his his Luke Skywalker voice and his Joker voice sound nothing alike. That is one of my favorite things when voice actors can do that where they can do two two different voices that sound nothing alike and i'm like that's insane yes like uh kind of to go back to to arkham i don't remember what this voice actor's name is and i wish i did but he does the voice of batman in arkham origins um and i looked up a youtube video that was like a compilation of all his voices and he also did sonic the hedgehog and it it played those two back to back and it was so funny because it did the Batman one and he was like, Alfred, I'm going to need to go upstairs and check this out. You stay down here. And then the next one, he was like, all right, guys, we're going to go get these rings. And I was like, Hah! I was like, what? That's the same guy? No way. Yeah. I was like, that's crazy. Oh, no, I think you're talking about Roger Craig Smith. I yes, think Roger him? Craig Smith. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I just love when voice actors do stuff like that. And I'm like, that is range. That's incredible. I know. And it's amazing. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> so we talked about this a little bit, but what do you think makes voice acting not just special as a, as a storytelling medium? Because, you know, we kind of already talked about acting and it is acting, but what do you think makes voice acting special as a as a way to act? And what do you think makes it different? Um, I think what makes it special is that I think it feels a little more intimate. Um, because, even yes, you are in a room by yourself, but I feel like that's when you can be your most expressive. And you're even though you're not technically by yourself, if you're, you know, in a studio or whatever, but you're there within your own emotions no one's really watching you you're just there in the moment and there's like no other distractions around you and you could just focus on that and um it was the other part of the question what do you think makes it special as like uh or what do you think makes it different from any other form of acting um it's different because it's different in its own way with um, with not being so big as far as like your 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 motions, because you can't really make a lot of noise or move around as much because the microphone will pick it up. Um, so you have to condense your actions, your your outer actions in the booth. Because if you because if you don't, then all of a sudden you're like, it say you had to punch something, and if you just like 
and you actually like punch something it's like oh oh shoot and you punch the microphone and yeah. it's not good you're just like oh, oh god oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's exactly what happens and you're like well okay and then you never get called back again because you broke the equipment <laughs> i actually did knock my mic over hey let me fix this mic before before i continue <laughs> did you <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, the little stand that came with it is all broken, so it it kind of barely stays on the stand anyway. And so I, I mm. punched it for that bit, and then it <laughs> it fell over. Whoops. I think voice acting is so cool to me because, first of all, the medium is great. Like, animation and even video games, like, anything you do voice acting for, I love it. Like, because, first of all, in cartoons or in video games... The sky's the limit. Like, you're not limited to what you can do mm -hmm. physically, you know? And you can play yes. roles that you would never, ever get to play in person because oh, you just don't yes. fit that description. Like, I could play, yes. if I can do the voice, I could play like a big hulking guy and be like, hey, how's it going? And I'm not a big hulking guy in real life. And Mark Hamill could never play the Joker in, in live action. He looks nothing like the Joker. He's short, he's fat, like it just wouldn't work, you know? But his voice is so perfect. And because of animation, because of video games, he can play that role. And it's like, it's a match made in heaven. So I yeah. I think it's, it's just so great, the opportunities you could have. It's almost more exciting as an actor because if you can do the voice, you can be anyone, you know? You, yeah. you can be anyone as long as you can do the voice and, and you you are matching what they, what, you know, the casting director and the director are looking for. You can play anybody, and it's just so exciting. And also, I think it's a challenge as an actor, you know. You know, I, I like a good challenge as far as, like, doing something I've never done, but then also doing something that's different, you know. And I, I like the challenge of voice acting because it's like, how much emotion can I convey with just my voice but yet you can't sound forced. You can't be forcing the emotion. It still has to be subtle enough to be a good performance. But it has to be strong enough that you're not just reading the line. So I'm like, that is a, mm -hmm. like, that's a really, really fascinating challenge. And, you know, the, just the endless possibilities of who you can be. It's just, it's so exciting. And that's, that's why I really want to get into it. So I don't know, maybe I could just find somebody who wants to make a cartoon and I can just make my make my own show and just do my own voice acting <laughs> and then maybe one day it's a lot of work I'll tell you that yeah, maybe one day people will be like hey will you you're great in that thing you did you want to be in our thing and I'll be like oh too late you didn't discover me when I was nobody no just kidding I would take it <laughs> I, I would be like yes please forget this YouTube crap <laughs> No, I have, no, I, have nothing, I have nothing against YouTube. Uh, I, I love YouTube because we now live in an age where you can make your own content, you know? Yes. Like, just our parents' generation, they would never be able to make their own videos or their own movies or even their own podcasts. Like, the fact that I can do this is crazy if you think about it because, you know, just a generation above us, they were like, they wouldn't be able to do this. They wouldn't be able to make their own content like this. And um, it's a great it's a great era to be in if you're a creative, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, totes. Well, Danny, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your voice acting journey. And 
kind of nerding out a little bit about voice acting with me. <laughs> no problem. It was a lot of fun. Everybody tune in for our next episode. And uh, if you want to hear Danny's last episode, we kind of talked about acting just in general and what it meant to us and how we got into acting and what it meant to us as a storytelling medium as well. So go ahead and check that out. Check out all the previous episodes and please subscribe to our podcast for more episodes because Danny will definitely be back. So if you want to hear more about acting and you want to hear more from Danny, she will definitely be back. I mean, I think I, I hope I'm not speaking for Danny and she's no. like <laughs> she's like oh boo I'm never coming back like, forget um, it oh <laughs> uh, well <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys so much for listening bye 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 thanks for listening to Storytales please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Storytales Pod where you can share your story with us or you can email us at Storytales Podcast at gmail.com your 